Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome back to the top 100. I'm here with Nom again. It's no longer Boxing Day, but we're still in the virtual rooms. Nom, how are you? <laughs> Very good, mate. Um, well, a lot has changed since Boxing Day in terms of COVID in Sydney, hasn't it? Yeah, look, you know, it was a joyful time watching Pat Cummins take some wickets early on, but uh, we're, we're here and we're battling and you're about to go on a bit of a holiday, which is good for you. So we thought we could sneak in a couple more pods here just to give the fans some content as, as we get closer and closer towards the season. So we'll dive right into it, Nom. This is uh, we're up to the, into the 50s now. So we're still in the four-year section, but we're about to hit the uh, third level in this po- podcast. So we'll jump straight into it. Number 59, Jay Moss, Josh Morris, an interesting one here. So Recently retired, 325 NRL games, 158 tries. And now we're in some real try scoring territory here. 15 games for New South Wales, six for Australia, and two times centre of the year. Jamos is one of those ones I think we're going to really look back on, Norm. And, you know, it's, it's going to be one of those ones where we, I think a lot of people are going to be underrate Jamos for what he is. And I think a lot of people will think of his brother, who's going to be much higher in this list. Uh, but he had a fantastic career for what he did. Yeah, definitely. Look, um, you know, his brother obviously has the premiership over him. Um, Jay Moz, I guess he was a bit unlucky, I guess, you know, with the dogs and I guess the Roosters, what could have been that had a full strength team. Um, that would have been a fairy tale, but geez, he he's had a good career. How many games did he have? Three hundred and three twenty-five. Yeah. yeah. And 158 NRL tries. I mean, you think of B Moz as, as the um as the flashy sort of try scoring winger, but geez, 158 tries, that's that's a yeah, that's a truckload. Yeah, I think for him, it's the longevity that's going to help him along the case. There's some guys who, some centers above the list on him that have less games than him uh, and less tries. But obviously, um, you know, my we think of the moments for these players, I think of Jay Moss popping on his shoulder in origin and then getting up and making yeah. the tackle again and uh, the knee injury aside, making the tackle. He's just one of the fierce competitors. And again, you're right. He got a bit unlucky, um, you know, dragons, dogs, sharks, and then ended up with the Roosters probably a season too late, but a fantastic career. And again, one we're in the fifties, we're in the top, you know, sixty now. So now, now we're hitting some elite, elite talent. So uh, we'll move on to number fifty-eight. And again, it's a controversial one here, but I just think what he did for the game in the short period of time he was here is James Graham, 160, 186 games, fifty-three games for England, and a one-time prop of the year. So obviously came to the NRL very late in the career. What he did for the ball playing front row forward and the aggression he brought to those Bulldogs and Dragons side, I think is pretty unmatched. Yeah, he brought uh, plenty of aggression. I mean, you can't you can't think of him without uh, you know that grand final instance. But yeah, he he just wore his heart on his sleeve and um, and the concussions he took, I mean, he he just put his body on the line. Yeah, and again, like the the way that front rows, like there's always been a couple of cheeky front rows that can you know go close to the line and throw the pass and a bit of footwork. But James Graham really took that to the next level. And, you know, I think of him, Aiden Tolman, and Sam Cassiano, those four, those three Bulldog props that were able to do that and really what sparked those Bulldog sides in the early 2010s. Uh, and now we're seeing, you know, so many of them. Like, you know, you think of the Junior Paulo, you think of a Cameron Welch, all these guys that can go to the line and do a bit of ball playing. And, you know, it, it's all down to him, really. And I think it's... You know, again, if he came to the NRL much earlier and was able to get a 300-game career, we're talking a lot higher. If he got the premiership in 14, a lot higher. But I still think, yeah, for what he did um, in that short period of time and, you know, a fierce competitor brought something different to them that, you know, was in the game but wasn't really emphasised. And I think he really capitalised on that. 
Don't know. Number 57 is Craig Fitzgibbon. 263 NRL games, 1,604 NRL points, 11 games for New South Wales, 18 for Australia, a Clive Churchill medal, and a premiership. So Craig Fitzgibbon is one of these guys. He's obviously the coach of the Sharks for this season, but really underrated. You know, one of those back rollers that, you know, no no errors, no no fuss, you know, hits his lines, makes his tackles, and was a real accurate goal kicker, which was really key for those early rooster sides. He, you know, was really, you kind of think of those second rows, you know, some of the guys I've got in the, in the list here, Talis and uh, Ben Kennedy, guys like that. But Craig Fitzgibbon was just a notch below that. Yeah, I mean, he had it all. He was a goal-kicking second front row forward. I mean, that's that's super cold. Got gold. That's like you know CP thirteen sort of um, a level we're talking about here. But geez, he 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 was actually one of my uh, my favorite players to watch. You know, in that sort of um, Roosters early to mid 2000s and you know during the origins he was just um yeah he, he was really hard to tackle just gangly tall um yeah he, he had a lot going for him yeah and i think what gets lost in those early roosters 2000 sizes it wasn't a team full of superstars but it was very good players a team of very very good players you know and i think craig fitzgibbon fits that mold to a t wouldn't class him as a superstar wouldn't class him as one of the best edge rollers in the comp but i don't think he really ever got that praise but he was just wouldn't make a mistake and you knew where you would get from an on an edge and you know you think of some of those halves that had there. Obviously, Fittler was the big one there, but you know, Finch was coming through at that stage, able to hide hide a second, hide the halfback with the second rower, taking all that damage, and again on the edge, ball playing, didn't have much of it. Then no kicking game in terms of general play, but was able to get get the work done. And as these forwards get through the list here, if you don't really have a passing or kicking game, you're just doing it in your defense and your attack and your ball running. Um, a very deserved player here. But we'll go to number fifty six. It's Ruben Wiki. 234 NRL games, 42 games for New Zealand. So Ruben, again, missed out on the premiership, which does hurt him from going higher up. But in terms of raw aggression and who you do not want to be standing in front of, I think Ruben's very high on the list. Yeah, I mean, he's almost like New Zealand personified. You think of you know, um, the Warriors, you think of all the um, all those um, New Zealand tests. Um, yeah, he, he was right in the thick of things. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I just think if we're talking about memories again, that hit up on Soliola where he just got concussed from that and it was gone before he even hit the mat. You know, he started the career with Canberra. That was very early on in the career. And then obviously came to the Warriors later on. But what he did in those 234 games, you know, if he was around longer and, you know, we can count his Raiders stuff and he was able to get a premiership in there, all of a sudden now we're talking maybe top 20, but... I think for what he did for the game in New Zealand, um, there's a couple of those. Obviously, we, we covered Nathan Kalis and what uh, James Graham is to England. I think a Ruben Wiki is to New Zealand. Yeah, definitely. Number 54 is Jake Friend, uh, recently retired, end of this season, 264 NRL games, three games for Queensland, got that at the tail end of the career, one for Australia, and three premierships. So now we're, now we're getting into the clubs here. Of, we've had a couple of these, but we're going to suck in some real premiership numbers here and jake friend was always you know playing in the era of cameron smith was never going to be the best hooker in the comp but for what he did for the roosters and i think you did it did show once he left the side last season he was a real key cog to these last 10 years of the roosters success yeah he was a key leader in, in that group and you mentioned that you know um i'm lucky to not get more reps games but unfortunately he just came up that um in the same era as you know one of the goats in on this list i'm sure um Cameron Smith. 
Yeah, and what what he did defensively, he was a rock. And you know, obviously the concussions, he he put his body on the line. He had one of the crispest passing games. It was never really, you know, when they talked about the the great, you know, releases and you know, hitting the guy on the chest on the fly. That was Jake Friend knew where to put the ball. Wasn't damaging with his feet. Uh, early in the career, did like a dart. Later in the career, it was all about his eyes up, making sure he was picking the right player, putting the right pass in there. And again, as a leader, him and Boyd Cordner um, really solidified that Roosters side. And like you said, it was very good of him to get that origin. Um, you know, it was well-deserved, obviously. All these young guys coming through, he was able to hold him out for one more year and get that. So I think that's pretty good. And again, it ended a way we didn't really want to see it end, but I think it's probably best for him that he did. And he was still, you know, able to retire semi-early to what he thought he was, and he was still a top 54 player in my eye. So a very good career. Yeah, 100%. Um, unfortunately, it didn't end on his terms, but um, yeah, nonetheless, three premiership rings. Can't really argue with that. That's right. Number 53, it's his, it was his current teammate, Jared Warrior Hargreaves, 260 NRL games, 32 games for New Zealand, and three premierships. With Jared, one of the players that has morphed into, for what I thought he would be in early career Jared versus now, he is the the absolute leader of that Roosters team now that's left. Um, the winning splits when he is playing versus not playing is ridiculous. He's probably the second most key player behind James Desco and, and maybe even Luke Keary in that Rooster side. And what he does is just game in, game out. You know, you think to last year, he was going to come off the bench and it was going to be Takiyaho and Collins leading this pack. And then, you know, obviously Collins goes down, Takiyaho has multiple injuries. James Graham, I'm uh, sorry, James, uh, Jerry Weir Hargraves was playing you know, some 60, 70, 80 minute matches throughout the season. He really dug deep and later on in the career, like wine, getting better with age. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he, he's he's really the, um, I guess, the alpha of the pack. And, you know, um, like you said, behind James Tedesco, um, you know, there is that stat playing around that, um, you know, games with and without him. Um, I think it's like well over 60% when he is playing and then without him, that drops down to... I don't know off the top of my head, but it's a significant difference. Yeah, and I, I think it's all about that. Like he's just like he he is prone to a leak as most forwards are, but what he does with the ball in hand, tries to get that cheeky offer, but most of the time he just puts it under the wing and just runs as hard as he can, and you know he fires them up. You know, kind of think back to when the Rabbits beat the Roosters last year, and you know Latrell got sent off, and Jarrah's just barking at him. You know, he's the leader, and he knew he didn't want to have his top side be, you know, punked out like that. So I think he's still got a couple more. If he can get one more premiership and, you know, if he can just, you know, get a couple more really big wins where he's like the man of the match, he could easily move up for me. But he's uh, right on that borderline of a top 50 player. And like I said, from for what we thought that was going to be at the start to now, I think it's a fantastic way that because, again, we spoke earlier in podcasts, how does this career go 10 times out of 10? This is probably one of the better versions of a career and he's got the most out of it. Yeah, definitely. Number 52, we're on the last player of the foyer. So the last player who just got pipped out from making the next level, it's Glenn Stewart. So 203 interall games, five games for New South Wales, four for Australia, two premierships, a Clive Churchill medal, and a one-time second row of the year. The 203 game shocked me. I thought he played a lot more than that. There were some injuries later on in the career. But for what he did, and again, we're talking about players who changed their roles. We just spoke about Craig Fitzgibbon, who was a no-nonsense second row hit your lines. Glenn Stewart had a pass. Glenn Stewart had a kick. He was, you know, really constructive with Cherry Evans for and then, uh, his brother, Brett Stewart, in, in those manly sides. He is one of the most underrated players of the NRL era. Yeah, like you said, one of those are creative uh, ball-playing locks you have there in the 13. Um, 
yeah, he was that sort of link between you know, the halves and the outside man. Um, he could create space. He could tuck it under and run. Um, he was, um, yeah, he was huge for that sort of manly uh, period between, you know, um, two and seven and um, their last premiership. Yeah, and he even went to the Rabbits later on in the career. Again, we like when players have that little bit of a stint, and he really did bring something to the Rabbits before he had to retire. But, yeah, again, he could, he could run the ball better than anyone as an edge second rower. He could pass the ball better than most five-eights in the comp. Had the cheekiest little kicking game you've seen on an edge front rower. He was just the overall package, and, you know, again... Thinking about memories, the the brawler Brookie, that was the same for Adam Blair, but he was so much more than that. You know, uh, he was really one of those guys in his prime. And if he was able to say injury free, you know, the five games for New South Wales and the four for Australia really shocked me. I thought, for, I don't know why, but I thought he would have had 10 and 10 at least. But again, just coming up in that era, there was probably some guys, him getting Clive Churchill just shows his value on the park. And yeah, what, one of the great players, and especially one of those key driving forces for those manly sides, like you said. Number 51, and the first le- player in club level. So now we're past the foyer. We've gone up into the elevator, and we're in the club. So a key distinction here is you can't leave the club and go to the next level if you don't have a premiership. So we'll keep that in mind as we as we keep going here. But number 51 is Stacey Jones. Uh, two on Jura Nate NRL games, 36 games for New Zealand, and one golden boot. Uh, Stacey's one of those guys, if the Warriors were able to somehow win the premiership, in 2002, uh, this career is all of a sudden looks so much differently. He's the god of New Zealand. He still is now. When people talk about Stacey Jones, you know, they they compare Sean Johnson to Stacey Jones. I think that's not an insult, but it, it does uh, give Stacey a little bit short. He was so much better. You know, he was able to drag that recently new uh, Warrior side into the into the relevance there, and his kicking game was second to none. Was able to put the ball on a spot. Had one of the best running games for a halfback, you know, able to really duck with his small size and get in between defenders. Uh, a total package and really deserve the golden boot. You know, a lot of these guys, like we've said, uh, Ruben Wiki and, and James Graham, who didn't get the premiership. Yes, Stacey didn't get it, but he was he was the best player in the world in 2002. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, again, you know, like you said, if only he had won that premiership in town too. I mean, thinking back to that grand final, I think he had won the sweetest sort of... Um, tries in that grand final as well. He sort of stepped through like half the team there and um, oh, so evasive. If there wasn't much, much out of him, like, you know, like I said about um, Preston Campbell, but geez, that was such a sweet try. And um, yeah, um, painfully close, but yeah, unfortunately just out of reach. Yeah. And w- with a halfback, you know, a good running game means that the defense has, the defense has to respect your passing and kicking, which they all did with Stacey. Later on in the career, try to come back and do a little bit of a a last uh, hurrah to get the get that premiership. Just never able to get it, but you can't take away that two thousand and two, and especially those Warriors sides, basically from 01 to 05, 04 in that little range. That that was a very sweet little uh, time for CC Jones and the Warriors. But we'll wrap it up here on this podcast with number fifty. It's another halfback. It's Scotty Prince. Three hundred NRL games, one thousand five hundred and four NRL points. Five games for Queensland, four for Australia, one premiership, one Clive Churchill, and one time halfback of the year. So I think Scott Prince is a very, very interesting career. They can be split up into three parts. You have the Cowboys and Broncos consistently injured just on the precipice. We knew the talent was there. Scott Prince. We have the Tigers in 05. Scott Prince that led the side to the premiership and was the best player in the comp, in my, my opinion, that year. And then we have the Titans where he was 
he went up there and really solidified that Titan side, giving the best years of their of their club history. So, Scotty Prince, Tom, what, what's your I guess lasting impact of Scotty Prince, and does he deserve to be at the number fifty spot? I mean, he's got quite the resume. You know, he's reached three hundred grades. He's pretty much achieved the door. You know, he's got um, halfback of the year, Clive Churchill, the Premiership, um, rep games. Um, I think it's hard to go past the 05, really. That was really his team. You know, I know Benji gets a lot of the highlights for that flick pass, but it was really his team. He got the Clive Churchill. He was captain. He was the halfback. Um, yeah, that was his premiership. And, you know, if you can own a premiership like that, I think you definitely deserve to be on this level. It's a, such a great point. I was watching that 05 grand final a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, I, I expected Benji to ha- be have his moments, and I expected Scott Prince to really control the game, but... The way Scott Prince's kicking game, especially, just really nailed down that cowboy side who was really flying high. Um, it was a thing of beauty. And again, 05 is just obviously the tipping point. But to me, those Titans years as well, what he was able to do, you know, those early derbies between Titans and Broncos, he obviously brought a little bit more because he wanted to beat the Broncos and give the Titans wins. He was honestly, I think when you look through all these halfbacks we've spoken about, easily the best one we've spoken about so far. And I really wanted to put him higher, but there were so many champions ahead of him. I couldn't put him up, but yeah, Scotty Prince is one of those guys. If you could start a team from the NRL era and you had a draft pick, you know, with super coach draft and we're in the snake, if you can get Scotty Prince above some of these other guys, you'd be absolutely laughing and cheering. So I think one of those really underrated careers where you don't really get Scott Prince as the answer is one of the all-time greats in the NRL era. But for me, he's a definite top 50 guy. And that will do it for this podcast. That was the last 10. So we're into the top 50, Norm. I'm excited. So we'll see you back here very shortly, mate. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great day, and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.